This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Awkward isn't the word, but I can't think of the word. Um, I think probably because I still have a mindset of transitioning, and there's, there's no transitioning. I think some of what we're learning here at So is that um, worship isn't for a certain period of time during a service or a night here together not even in our lives and so I think some of for me I'm just sharing my heart for me some of the stuff that feels awkward is because I have a perception of um, what it is to walk out living with Jesus and um, that's some of what I feel is we're we're going places together in here and so each of our hearts actually build or um, allow the forward motion allow the spirit to do what he's doing in in the earth, right? You guys get that? Like, what he's doing in the earth, it's not really just about what he's doing in the church. I think we've gotten pretty self-centered. That God's like, all of his moves are in the church. Um, anybody else like, do you guys hear what I'm saying? I mean, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying he doesn't want to move in the church anymore. I just think sometimes, personally, we have to get to a place where, okay, God, there's something you want to do in the earth, and you want to use all of humanity to do it. And um, some of those that don't yet know you even exist won't know that, won't learn that, unless I yield my heart in a way that at times might feel a little awkward or uncomfortable or even just like, I don't want to come out of what to me feels like some moments of worship. Um, and yet you feel God moving forward. And it, so it looks like we're coming out of worship and now we're going to do the teaching. <laughs> I'm just kind of throwing it out there because I think, for me, I've been trained in certain ways to view things that way, to view my life that way, you know, and so for me, even, I'm a person who is very extreme about saying, I want one life. I want one life. If Jesus died for me and he saved me, he literally brought me to real life. He didn't bring me to different compartments. Like, this is when I'm walking with him. This is when I'm studying his word. This is when his word is actually working in me. This is when his word's not. I had an encounter today, and it would appear, for all intents and purposes, the reaction I had was not the working of God in my life, but it was. And he proved something to me so dramatically that I'll probably be swimming in it for about the next, maybe, I don't know, 30 years um, to really feel the weight of what he gave me this morning. But anyways, um, I only say that because tonight I want to look at um, surrender and what that looks like because even that, the word surrender is like, oh, <laughs> like what's that going to mean and what am I going to have to give up and what am I going to have to say yes to? And um, Well, you're not going to have to do anything. And if you don't get the strength from God to do it, don't try and prove anything to anybody. So, I mean, even loving God, ever had that feeling like, everybody else seems to like love Jesus so much and I'm not feeling a thing. You know? I mean, I could raise both hands because sometimes I don't feel a thing. I mean, I've, I've been in musical worship services where I see people like utterly destroyed, wrecked by the move of God in the room and I feel nothing. And it could even be that it might be, you know, like somebody I always enter with. In worship, and then I'm standing there, and I'm like, "What's this about Jesus?" Some things we just don't need to understand what they're about. 
We just need to say, I'm a human, period. Jesus chose to live inside of humans. He didn't choose to come down and live in heavenly beings. I'm just saying, okay, like we we think they're higher than us. So let's talk about surrender. So we're still in the the life of a worshiper. And um, I've actually, I'm going to share with you what what is on my heart and um, what I feel like God laid on my heart this morning to share with you about surrender. And I'm going to read a passage of scripture that is one of the most catastrophic acts of surrender in the Bible. Um, And for me, that my perception of, um, I think in point it is, but for me it's just a place I can go back and swim in a lot. And, um, and I've also said to the faculty, both the um, senior faculty that was with me in the training center and then some of the new faculty that we're attached to, um, if they get something when I'm done, we're just going to let hearts flow here. And so I have a piece of the picture tonight. I don't believe I have the whole picture. And so that excites me and thrills me because it takes weight off. You know, like when we realize everything that's going to happen in the move of God on the earth doesn't depend on one or two or three or 5,000 people. It's all of us. And some of it right now is even pointed toward people that don't yet know him. And yet they will carry or they carry in the giftings and in who they are, they carry pieces that in the future will manifest for God. Anybody want to agree with me? Because that's something to majorly put our faith together because God is after mankind. He loves us. All of us. So a surrendered life is so crazy powerful. Um, God committed to Abraham. Some of his, his faith expressions in covenant are so extreme, it's like, whoa, you're so faithful. He committed to make nations of his seed. And the the awesome power is that God made a mighty nation out of both of Abraham's sons. The one that was conceived in error, supposedly, um, conceived in error because it wasn't in the wife that he was married to, And the other one was the son of promise. But it's very important to realize that when God makes a promise to us, and one of the promises that God has made to us is that we are built for increase. And so, you know, brace yourself. Because whatever choices you make, you're going to increase in them. And so sometimes when we choose wrong paths, still those paths increase. Still those paths are productive and reproductive. Say no condemnation. Um, Because we're learning these things. The principles of God and the promises of God always work. Not just when we're saying, okay, now, Jesus, I want to sow and I want to increase. And he's like, well, you don't understand that everything you touch will increase. (laughs) It's okay. We can breathe and we can laugh. Because sometimes on a statement like that, you need to just laugh. There's a guy out at Bethel and he he will say, um, um, I think he's Steve Backlund. And um, he, I think that's his first name. Anyways, he says, you know, about serious, you hit these serious moments. Let's just laugh about that. Because sometimes something feels so heavy duty that we're like, oh gosh, I don't know if I can handle this. Just laugh. Just laugh. I mean, actually, that's what Isaac means, laughter. Because Sarah found the whole thing absolutely exhaustingly funny. That she would be barren her entire life. And when she and her mate were old, she would conceive and nurse a child. And it wasn't just that she had never, you know, like 
gotten pregnant. She couldn't get pregnant. It wasn't like they never tried. They were married. And I mean, the minute he goes to the woman he's not supposed to be with, she conceives. So Abram didn't have a problem. So I want to go to, um, I'm going to go to Genesis 22, and Kevin, you'll be thrilled because I'm reading from New King James. <laughs> um, and I want, I want to just sort of clarify something, and if you're a studier of the word, I'm not saying what you should study, um, but some of, the, some of the translations that I love just because they speak so much to me, um, they wouldn't necessarily be the ones when I'm literally studying that I use. So um, I'm just going to throw that out there, not as any condemnation to anybody. It's just that there are some that are a little closer to um, the original languaging and such. So um, I'm going to go to 22, and I think I'll just start reading. I had a statement I was going to make, but I want to um, read this passage first. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham... And Abraham said, here I am. Now, I kind of want to clarify the testing. God already knew what Abraham would do. So it's kind of important for us to know that the test wasn't for God to see what Abraham would do. It was so that Abraham could see what he would do. It's really important, too. Because, you know, if we sit around thinking all the time, God's going to test me. And God already knows everything I'll ever do in my whole life and everything you'll ever do. He knows what we believe and what we don't really believe. He knows um, how deeply human we are. Hello, I'm deeply human. And um, Paul would say, of the sinners, I'm chief. And um, I think sometimes I, I probably could sit with him and have some fun chats. Um, but anyways, so this is what's going on. Um, Abram stands up to the, to the test. He stands up to, okay, you, you're coming to me. I'm standing up. I think it's very important when we're really looking at, okay, who are we as worshipers in the earth? What does that mean? And how am I going to walk with God? That we stand up when something touches our heart, when somebody teaches or preaches or testifies about something, shares something, and something inside of us sparks. I don't know if you understand this about yourself, but I've learned to understand when my spirit, my heart comes to attention. And it's like, oh, listen up. Um, Because God comes with counsel in those moments. He comes to teach us. He comes with revelation. He comes with so many things. And sometimes it can feel really weighty and scary. And it's like, I don't want to listen right now. You know, like um, you're, you're a parent and you're calling your kid and they know what they've done. And they're like, they don't hear us. You know, like they're outside playing and they, they hear you calling, but they're like, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> So verse two, then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. Okay, the key son. Now he's finally got the son that actually was born of Sarah. Um, laughter. Because you know when the angel came to tell Sarah what was up, she actually laughed hysterically. Um, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. I want to emphasize there, God said to Isaac, or said to Abraham, take your son Isaac and offer him. This is another key point because sometimes we have heard people teach God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. No, he didn't. He asked him to offer him. 
Sometimes when, when we feel like God is taking us further in our walk, we feel like he's saying, I want you to sacrifice this sin in your life. I want you to sacrifice this behavior. I want you to, sacri- I want you to kill it. Kill yourself in this area. He doesn't say those kind of things to us. He comes and he invites us into a place of offering. You know, one of the powerful psalms for me personally is one where um, David says, look at my heart. This is, you know, my paraphrase of it, the passage, but look at my heart, Lord, and if there's anything in my heart or my mind that doesn't please you, I'm submitting it to you now. It's not even like he knows what he's doing wrong. He's just like, if there's anything that like isn't cool with what you want for me in my life. So he says, Offer him there for a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, on the third day, Abraham, God does a lot of modeling in the scripture and picturing and beginning to prepare. This is the beautiful thing. God has always prepared man's heart for what he's about to do. Always. He prepares us. He prepares us to be able to receive what he's going to do. He puts seed in us that we may not have revelation in forward sight, but then when we go down the road and we look back, we're like, oh, that's what he was saying. So he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, the the two guys, not Isaac, but the two guys that went with him, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Now, Abraham's human. He's human. Okay, so... He's had an encounter with God. God is saying, uh, I want you to offer your son as a burnt offering. He doesn't say burn your son at the stake. He says offer him. I want you to offer him, and I'm going to show you where to go do this whole encounter. Abraham's human, undoubtedly, he was having thoughts, all kinds of thoughts. You know those question mark thoughts that you think you've heard from God, and you start questioning, is this really you, God? Is this, this is pretty extreme. I don't know if you want me to do this. Um, well, this particular, that's why I say this isn't uh, an Example of extreme surrender. Way extreme surrender. So Abraham, and the, the worship, the, the word worship there, let me, let me just pull it up for you from my notes, because it's the word shakah, and it's to bow low. You know, bowing low isn't always like just that natural thing of getting on your face. Bowing low is sometimes my will, and I lay it down. It's to exalt another. You see, when we bow low, we actually exalt God. When we begin to say, it's really not about my will. That was the power in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was approaching the cross. And his humanity like kicks up in his prayer time with God in the garden. And he says, if this cup could just pass from me, Father. You know, that was humanity saying, I really don't want to go this way. If, if just this cup, if we could do it a different way, Father. Nevertheless, not my will, yours. That takes extreme surrender. But that kind of surrender doesn't happen just on the spot. That kind of surrender is built in our lives. And, you know, that's some of what I've been trying to share with you guys, you know, for the past couple of intro-type weeks, um, that we're, we're learning what is it that's going to build our hearts to be prepared to surrender and worship the way that God really wants. 
Um, Shakah is also an act of reverence whereby we obey or submit our will or desires to the will and desires of another. To give up what I think should take place and follow God equals worship. Okay, so let's read some more. Um, Verse 6. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife And the two of them went together. Okay, so they're heading out. He's got got fire. He's got wood. And he's got a son. Not a baby son. I knew that he was older, but I found out from Grace today, he was probably 30-ish. I'm not sure, but at 30, if my dad had said to me, we're going somewhere, I got fire and wood and a knife. And now, here they are, they're at the altar... And he's preparing a sacrifice. Seriously, guys, this is extreme. This is extreme faith. This is the kind of faith that you don't make for yourself. You you, you don't just say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a faith person like this. God makes you strong like this. Um... But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and he said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Where's the lamb? Like, I see where we're going, but where's the lamb? And Abraham, you know there had to be thoughts like, I mean, I would be sitting there saying, Father, how on earth? I mean, what... How when I get there? I mean, he's probably thinking when he gets there, how on earth am I going to do this? How? But he's trusting. He's each step, each step of the way, he's putting one foot in front of the other in what he believes God has said to him. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. I mean, he's, he's not ignorant of the fact that God said, I'm, I'm wanting you to offer your son. But he's still trusting that it isn't going to go the way something is trying to tell him it's going to go. And yet, for all intents and purposes, it sure looks that way. Because first of all, God said, offer your son. I'm just curious, you know, for each of us, what is he wanting us to offer? Thank God he doesn't ask us to offer our kids. But it might be where we have them in our life. You know, our kids can be our God. Our kids' problems can be our God. I'm just saying, I got three kids. We want the best for our kids. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac, his son, 30 years old, didn't fight back. Kids now, I mean, some of us now, we'd be like, whoa, no, uh uh-uh. I don't, I'm not sure. This is sick. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. I cannot even imagine. But I'm going to say one thing with respect to covenant with God. Anything you're willing to do in covenant, God holds himself to it. You know, Jesus gave his life. You don't sow your life to God and not get life back. 
I mean, Jesus set up his own resurrection, really. There was a plan, and God knew what he would do, but think about it. His trust of God literally set him up for resurrection. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, so he said, here I am. He's always, I mean, like this, this dude is like, always. I'm, I'm right here. What's up? Who, what are you saying? I'm sure he was sitting there. Please, God, like say something else. Say something else. Um, so he says, um, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Really, now you know that you really fear me because God knew. I mean, he's omniscient, right? We, we do know, like, omniscient means he's all-knowing. He knows the past, present, the future. He knows everything that's ever happened. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus Christ was crucified from before the foundation of the world. So he already had a Savior set in place for us before he had even opened his mouth and said, let there be a material world, let there be light, let there be, okay? This is so powerful. And, you know, if you can't grasp this right now with your um, brain, just just let your heart take... This is extreme surrender. Um, now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven, and he said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. There's a blessing following surrender, guys. Not just you'll possess the gate of your enemy. Your descendants will. Like, this is some crazy good stuff. You talk about good stock exchange. You, you want the future of your offspring to be powerful in the earth. We just give our lives now to God. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men. I bet they were like, you know, because they're not really knowing what all's going on inside Abraham. And they rose and went together to Beersheba, Beersheba and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. So here we have this man, so extreme, so willing to surrender. What will we offer? Serious, as we go through this whole aspect of what it is to worship, that worship is not music, that worship is not just bringing our tithes, worship is not just learning the word and speaking the word in our lives. It's anything where God says, I want you to offer this up to me, and then you're going to be amazed at what's going to transpire after this. Abraham was willing to offer the one son that had come from his own seed with his wife and was put in a seemingly barren womb, his seed. But with God, nothing is impossible if only we're willing. If only we're willing. So I have a mic because that's the piece that I had. Are we willing? I'm asking myself, what am I willing to surrender? What am I willing? And some of it was even, okay, could I expound on this piece now? Yeah, but I'm, I gave what he gave me to give. So who of the faculty is ready to um, share what's in your heart? I knew it was going to be you. 
Surrender. (laughs) Surrender. Sometimes when you go to a foreign land, you have to surrender your passport. You don't always want to, do you? You know what I mean? Sometimes when you do something wrong, you end up going before the judge, and he says, give me your driver's license. Surrender. Those kind of surrenders aren't fun. You know? They're just not. I grew up in a time where you could carry a cap gun around, and, and we played as kids, and it was always somebody after somebody else, and somebody had to surrender because whoever was more powerful, stronger, won. So, so I, I think about those types of surrender. I'm like, man, they're just hard. They're just, eh. So then you look at God. He's more powerful than me. He's stronger than me. He built me. He made me. So he says surrender. All right. Candy, fireballs. Have at it. Ink pen? Sure. (laughs) Handkerchief? Why not? I don't always need it, but sometimes you loan it to a friend. Pocket knife? Two pocket knives, two quarters. And if you work with me, yes, we're going to get to the second one. So, I thought about it. Surrender my truck. Could, Could be a big deal. When I wrecked my first truck when I was in high school, it was a big deal. I almost cried. <laughs> That's amazing how much I like that thing. You know, but it can go. You can get another one. And I thought about this. Things that we surrender, we give up. Keys to the church. They're not mine to give. These aren't mine to surrender. The gifts and callings of God, you can't surrender. You hear me? You can't surrender these. You can ignore them. You cannot use them. You can put them in your back pocket. But you can't surrender them. Think about it. What gift, what key do we have that's in our pocket that we've been carrying for a long time that God doesn't want us to surrender? He wants us to use. Yeah, who was right? <laughs> I'm with you. You know? Okay, there's that one. All right. Things that we carry around that we don't surrender. I've been carrying this knife, I thought about it, I was sitting over it, for 41 years. Wow. 41 years. That's how long I've been out of high school. <laughs> this is a high school president, graduation president from Clark Brothers, for those of us that live there. 41 years. I've been carrying this thing around. So, God says, give it all to him. Yay, I'm free. You know what I mean? I'm free. Through the highs, through the lows, I'm free. God has asked me to do stuff, and I, I gave it all to him. Exactly. I gave it all to him. I gave it all to him. I gave it all to you, Jesus. One more fireball. You know? How many things do we take back? Ooh, bad day. I'm not feeling it. Got that anxiety, got that stress. I'm taking it back. You can't have my truck. Can't have my call. My money? (laughs) Got my two quarters. You know? So did we really surrender it or did we just do what was told? You know? Did we just surrender it or did we just do what was told? Got one more thing. I was sitting over there. Ralph and I were back there working today, and then he wasn't here. He, he wasn't with me at this point. So I'm carrying the two before. Usually he's good at helping me carry stuff. So I'm sliding my hand out. It's got a splinter in my finger. Oh, I'm sorry. No, hold on. 
So I'm sitting over there spinning my thing. All right, here we go. What are we carrying in our body that doesn't belong to us, that is a foreign object that we need to surrender to him? What are you carrying? You know what I mean? I can go dig it out, but I'm one of those guys that likes to get infected and pop it. I'm just one of those weird kinds. I know, that's just me. I'm a sucker for pain sometimes. You know? Now I'm really going to get you going. So, I'm an airplane. I'm flying around. I'm an airplane. This is 35 years ago. So usually somebody standing beside me and they go, who do you think you are? What are you doing? I'm an airplane. Well, why the heck do you think you're an airplane? I live at Dulles Airport. That's where I live. So I must be an airplane. You live at church. Does that make you a Christian? Been coming for decades. I'm going to the same church my mama went to, my grandma went to. I'm sitting on the same pew with their name on it. (laughs) Been there, done that. You know? Are you an airplane? Or are you just into this because it's just routine, because you always do it? You know? You know what I mean? Sometimes we really just need to think a little bit about stuff. Now my spinner's bugging me. I might pop it out when I get it on. <laughs> I might come see Miss Pat. See if you can dig this thing out. So, so I say all of that. And then all of a sudden, life goes on. Life goes on. And all of a sudden, I think... I'm carrying all this stuff again. I put it all back in my pocket, and I'm carrying it again. And I know I'm carrying it again. So this time, God doesn't say, clean your pockets out. God doesn't say, surrender everything. I'm just tired of carrying it. I'm done. Sometimes you just got to be done. You know what I mean? You just got to be done, and you have to surrender it over to God because you choose to. You know he wants it and he can demand it and you can give it to him. You know what I mean? But did you truly surrender it over to him? You know, what have you been carrying for 41 years? The bizarre thing is, the funny story about this thing, I lost it about a year and a half. I've worked in this building for 25 years, so I've been, it's not too many places in this building I haven't been. And all of a sudden one day, I'm in the nursing mother's room, and this thing is sitting on the changing table. Uh, and I walk in there, I'm like, and I pick it up, and it's mine. I know it's mine. There's no doubt in my mind it's mine. And sometimes as I was sitting over there tonight, I'm like, seriously, God, did you give me that thing back? It's probably been four years ago. Four years ago, just for tonight, just so I could still have something that I carried with me for 41 years. You know, it's just interesting. But truly think about what have you been carrying? You've been carrying it so long, you don't even really think about it anymore. It's to the point where it's not even heavy. It's not even a burden. You just carry it. It's just a normal thing that you carry. So tonight, are you willing to surrender? It's a choice, you know? We can, we, can, we can, I mean, I hear what you're saying about God, and that was a heavy duty with the kid. Mm, don't, don't go there. <laughs> we, 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 might, we might fight. Uh, yeah. 
I might see Jesus tonight <laughs> in a different way. <laughs> and then we may talk. <laughs> Surrendering, you know? If you've ever been heavy in weight and lost weight, you know what I mean? Like 20 pounds, it's like, man, it feels good to be light. You know what I mean? <laughs> the next thing you know, here it is. <laughs> that's, that's a whole different, different, um, different topic. But you feel differently when you lose the weight. You feel differently when you give up something you know you shouldn't be carrying. You know? Can you go play for a second? Yeah, you, you're the only one. Can you give me a little tunes? Play? Sorry. Oh, yeah, well, I probably said prayer. That's kind of what I'm, that's where I'm headed. And if you pick up my knife, that means you're going to talk too. I know I did. It's a prop. You know, sometimes I think God put parables in the Bible for J.R. You know what I mean? Because I just like to see things. I like to see things. So, I'm not going to call out stuff, but she's going to play for a little bit, not real long, because there's a few other people I think are going to say something. Heather's going to come to nobody, whatever. Oh, geez. Good. I've got an amen back in the corner, so I'm good. Go ahead. So, just close your eyes. And I'm not telling you to ask God. I want you to look into yourself and just say, what do you want to surrender to God? What do you want to let him have? What do you not want to carry anymore? came to your to you it, that's it now you probably can't throw what came to you on the platform like I did my pocket knife but if you need to write it down crumple it up throw it in the trash or if you want to write it down or just walk up here and put something on the platform sometimes we need to move we need to do something for ourselves just so we know, I left that there. I left that there. What do you not want to carry anymore? What do you want to be free from? Don't you want to dance more? Don't you want to laugh more? Don't you want to smile more? Don't you truly want to receive the love of God more and not feel that hindrance? You can't give up your gift from God, but you can give up what's keeping you from using the gift. can surrender that too you can surrender a hard heart a foul mouth the booze the drugs the porn sometimes you do need to surrender your kids you need to give them to God It's 
funny. I, I, the natural side of me wants to say, speak, Lord, but that's not it. If this is you. Father God's here to take it. It's like just standing there. Let me have it. Just let me, let me just take it away. The blood of Jesus is amazing to wash away sin. Old time sin. Old time struggles. That blood is strong enough. It's pure enough. It's holy enough. It can do it. Surrender is not a bad word. You're not giving up something you want, something you need. You're giving up something that's holding you back. You're not just a Christian because you come to church. You're not just a Christian because you have a quiet time. You're a Christian because you are a follower of God. You are a son, you are a daughter. And you are loved by the Most High God. That's why you're a Christian. And you follow him because he'll give you the lightest walk because he doesn't expect you to carry anything. He just wants you to talk to him. Hmm. So maybe you need to give up your earplugs. Can you surrender your earplugs so God can speak to you? Can you surrender what's hindering you from hearing God's voice? Can you surrender that? This has got to be the only religion (laughs) where our maker takes everything bad from us and leaves us with the best. I think it's interesting how, and if you want to keep playing, you can. You don't have to. But I always enjoy it. You can if you want. I think it's interesting how words can mean different things to you at different points in your life, right? Surrender, like everyone has said, it can be a word that maybe it makes you feel, you know, or, you know, we all have different things. But when I hear it now at this phase in my life, it's a beautiful word. It's an intimate word. When you think about surrendering, you're opening up. When you completely surrender yourself to your spouse, there's a place of intimacy that you can, you can go to that even after having been together for years, you can go to a new place, right? And God uses my relationship with my husband, David, always to show me my relationship with Jehovah, with the existing one, right? And then even after 16 years of marriage with my husband, you know, we all have places in our hearts, deep, deep places that we don't let anybody into ever. Do you have them? That no, like no one ever goes to those deep places. We all have those deep places, even that we know God knows them, but that we still hold them back. And what God has showed me that even in my relationship with my husband, that recently there's been a deep place that I've allowed him to be in, to come into. 
that I've opened myself up. And our relationship is going deeper, even though we've been together for a while. It's the same with God. That when there's those deep places, when we open and we surrender them to him, there's intimate places that we can go with Jehovah, the existing creator. There's places that we can go that even if you have been a believer and that you've had a relationship, an intimate relationship where you open yourself up, that there's still a deeper place that you can go with him as you surrender those places in your heart that you can go and it can be interesting. That's what I love about God. It's not mundane and it doesn't have to stay the same that as we surrender and even as we grow through life and there's always going to be, there's always more places in our hearts that we don't even realize that we're holding back, but that we can, once we realize we can surrender those and we can just open up and the relationship, the worship with God can go even to a new place. It never has to be boring and the same. We can open up and surrender. Surrender those deep places to him. And I even in worship was realizing, I didn't realize it until then, that I've been surrendering deep places in my heart to him. And I knew that. But God showed me that even how I've been hearing him has been different lately. And he pointed it out to me. That even in my relationship with him, it's been a gentler voice. Because I'm a pretty hard person. (laughs) You know, like, God usually talks to me pretty hard because that's, you know, just straight up, right? And I like it. But he showed me, and I, I didn't realize it until just tonight, that the Holy Spirit's been talking to me in a much gentler way. And very clearly in my thoughts, but it's just been so gentle and loving because I've opened a new place to him. And so that's just, I just want to share that and encourage, just open those deep places in your hearts to him because there's always, there's always new and interesting, intimate places you can go with him. It doesn't have to be the same every time. She was talking about relationships. And uh, one thing that came to mind as she was talking, um, I thought about Ruth and Naomi. And Naomi told Ruth to go back. You know, she didn't, you know, her husband had passed. And Ruth said that wherever you go, I'll go. So she was surrendering her life. She was surrendering her life to Naomi. She said, wherever you go, I'll go. She was giving up her lifestyle, what she wanted to go with her. But as we're talking about surrender, the scripture's been coming up in this Romans 12, 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Your reasonable service. Sacrifice. So for me, and you know, everybody's walk is different. Everybody's sacrifice is different. My sacrifice is not going to be like Pastor JR's. Everybody's sacrifice is different. And with my sacrifice in 2008, 
um, the Lord had me get rid of music I used to listen to. I had a big CD case of like 300 CDs in it. And he began to break me down slowly but surely. It was a process. It didn't happen overnight. It took time. But slowly but surely, I started to give those CDs away. And each CD was probably about 10, 12 bucks. And I had about 300. And I started to give that stuff away. And then it began to change my tongue, my language, how I spoke. I used to use profanity. He took that from me. I used to watch rated R movies. Not a whole lot of pornographic stuff, but action movies. But a lot was rated R. I'm not saying he's going to tell you that, but this is just my walk. I stopped watching rated R movies. But sacrifice, because I wanted more of him, less of me, more of him. He must increase, but I must decrease. What are you willing to sacrifice tonight? What does your sacrifice look like? Do you know what your sacrifice look like? Everybody's walk is different. Present your body a living sacrifice. Be like Ruth. Wherever you go, I want to be there. Wherever you want me to go, Father, I want to be there right where you are. Your will. I wasn't going to say anything, and then Holy Spirit wouldn't leave me alone, so, so here I am. Um, my sacrifice, right? My gift. Um, my thing was, I'm just going to be real with you guys, was like, all right, I like this word surrender. I keep hearing the word surrender. Uh, but in the military, if I surrender, I lose. <laughs> so what, what are you trying to tell me? And I was like, how do I practically do this? Like, how do I leave today, go home, and immediately start using it? And he was like, you, um, your wife actually taught you yesterday. Uh, and she called me out. She, you know, I was, well, I'm overwhelmed because there's so much going on in my life. And, and, uh, and I wasn't verbally saying it, but she could just feel the atmosphere on me. And uh, she was building this little thing from Target. And, and I'm trying to help, but I'm making things worse because, you know, I'm like, Target sucks. Uh, Ikea sucks. Like, let me go buy you something from Home Depot and I'll make it, put it together. Um, so anyway, so she looks at me and she was like, can I be honest with you? And I already, you're married. You already know what that means. <laughs> and I was like, all right, God. I was like, I allow her to do this. And she was like, um, you're not verbally saying, but you're complaining. And I didn't cry, but I was like, all right, I'm going to go take a shower. Uh, so I'm in the shower and I was like, God, I thought I can get away with I thought complaining didn't count if I wasn't verbally saying it, right? I mean, there's so many things that we have inside of us, and we're like, it's not really there because I'm not verbally saying it. But because I'm not verbally saying it, then it's not real, right? And, uh, but yeah, it's very real because in your actions, your, the weightiness, your eyes, <laughs> you know, it's bad when staff members stop in the middle of their work to be like, Ralph, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, God, like they can, they know, they know that I'm complaining and and uh, I was like, okay, God, so how do I surrender this? What do I do? And uh, he actually took me to 1 Corinthians, and we, we, we were speaking a little bit about that in chat. And verse 4 says, I thank my God always. <laughs> I thank my God always. And, and, uh, and it was great because at the end of that chapter, it actually says how the things that we do seem foolish to the world. How dumb is it that when you're overwhelmed, <laughs> how foolish does it look when you're overwhelmed, you get to be like, God, thank you. You find a reason to give thanks. And I love how Asia brought that up at the beginning. It's like when you run out of stuff, you really didn't run out of stuff. You just gave up. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 
And, uh, and so, so literally my day overnight, literally from that moment that I got out of the shower, I just started giving thanks. And you know what? I felt like an idiot because my circumstance wasn't changing, but yet I was still giving thanks. And I was like, God, thank you for the shower. Thank you that it's warm. And then I started thinking about the military and I'm like, thank you, God, I'm not in a hole. Thank you, God, that, that I'm able to take a shower and not wait 21 days. Thank you that I'm not full of ticks. And like, I started to get so excited. And guess what? I came out and I'm like, babe, you're, let me help you with this target thing that I hate so much. You know why? Because I'm thankful we got the money for you to go and get this thing and bring it home. So I think practically surrendering doesn't have to look like what Isaac did with, you know, wrapping your, you know, fighting your grown man's son, you know, because if I was, if I was the son and I'm 30 years old, I'm pretty buff. I'm, we're going to fight dad. Like you ain't going, I ain't going down like that. But you know, it doesn't have to be this heavy, hard thing. It can actually be really fun. And it looks like Thanksgiving. Even, even if the, the thing that you're going the thing that you're going through is real and it's hard and it's something that you don't see changing or something that happened to you that seems like something that shouldn't have happened, you still give thanks. And, I, and, I, and just, just from my experience, like your heart literally changes overnight and you're able to go to places like Home Depot and love people there <laughs> just because you're no longer holding on to whatever that negative thing is. Um, but that's just my heart. I just want to share that with you guys. I love you, Ms. Gracie. We're going to come up. I'm coming to you. I love you guys. Okay. Um, when everyone was sharing, I thought about the person, Abraham. He was a real person. He's probably listening what we're talking about. Oh, there are people in Manassas that are talking about me. Really? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And I thought about how the comparison of the work of faith, his work of faith and my work of faith, and each moment is seemingly like a little mundane things, but how you just bow low giving up your will. And I remember the most difficult year that I had and those times that many occasions I was like my heart could just harden up and just, you know, like those keys that I just kind of locked the heart and the, the key I could throw it away and never have a, to carry conversation with difficult subjects. But when Abraham was called, if you read, if you go back and read from like Genesis chapter 12, he was humming, you know, moon worshiper. And he heard the voice of God. And from that moment, he started this journey of faith. And there are many times, I mean, he literally had ups and downs and through it all. And he started experiencing the very covenant name, the nature and character of God. And, I, and yes, I dare to compare myself to how the way he walked. Even I know numerous people in this church, how they walked with God. And, and that, like Marian shared, the intimacy. When sometimes it's so difficult in your life and walk, and this time he knocked on your heart. And then I appreciate the fact that when the knock comes, and I know, I recognize. And you know, there are times I so much 
understand what Marianne talked about, the gentle voices. Even, you know, um, David said that your gentleness made me great. You know, it feels like sometimes God says, you want to be great? Just listen, my gentle wooing. And it's, it's like the little things that I can easily overlook. Okay, I'm going to do it my way. But he says, no. Let's make conversation. Whatever difficulty you have. And just like Rafa saying, it may not be like major things. It's like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice my own child. <laughs> and I thought about when JR said, what is it? What is it the one that you want to Alex said last week this is not a platform this is an altar what am I willing to sacrifice on this altar you know I thought about during worship I, I I hear the word the attitude adjustment and I remember like you know I just even two days ago I had this private conversation Pastor Kathy okay I'm gonna say it I, was, I got so flustered over something, and I was texting her something. And I was like, and then, but this is the beauty about it was that I thought, I mean, you know, we all have bad days, so okay, I can just like overlook and go, go away and like pretend nothing ever happened. But this, the presence of God so convicted me and said, I know you repented. And I remember, you know, I, I texted her. And I apologized. But then it wasn't even enough. So I thought, I need to look, I need to look at her in eyeball to eyeball and say, I am so sorry. Because I repent, not because, you know, because we're friends and I've known her for, for years. That's not the point. The point is, when the Holy Spirit convicts me, am I going to argue with him? I mean, those are things I have to sacrifice. The little by little. And it's like, you know, sometimes we say, like, well, how you build the faith muscle? Yeah, that's how you do. Giving up my own little egos and emotions or whatever, you know, well, try to justify and rationalize. This is, this is, I'm having right, right now really bad moments, so I'm going to say it and do it. But when those times when God says, no, I didn't build you for this. So just um, have those little ad- attitude adjustments. <laughs> so I just want to encourage you when even there was such a sweet spirit in here when Asia was singing like this is the air I breathe. And I feel like the all the time I hear that song that it's like Jesus is the one who's saying to us, I'm so desperate for you. I want you to have your air of worship so I can breathe in. You know, it's I don't know what else to say, but that's it. Attitude adjustment for myself. And so, you know, whenever he says something, just let him have my heart. And so, just to keep my heart like soft and shuffle before him. I'm a mess, so I don't know. I think I'm just going to pray because. It's just, I don't know, the Spirit of God from the moment, the beginning to end, and just so, man, just so. <laughs> um, and just so you know, when Alex had that word, 
I injured my leg, my ankle in college playing. Actually, actually, I did not injure it playing soccer. I was drunk one night, the only time I ever got completely wasted in my life, and I tripped in a big ditch, completely busted my ankle, and it never healed right. But I couldn't remember. I was like, I think it was my left ankle, my right ankle. And I'm. And here's the other thing. Somebody said earlier, we get, oh, JR, I think, said we get so used to things. I was so used to it, I can't even remember which ankle it was. Because you just adjust to the pain and the irre- irregularity. And so when he walked back there, I said, it never healed right, but I don't even know which ankle it was <laughs> because you just get used to it. And so he said, well, we'll just take care of both of them. And so I answered that call just so you guys know. Um, so he prayed for me and then he had a word for me and I just, the presence of God, I mean, geez, Manise, it's just so, so good, you know? Gosh, I don't really know what else to add to what's been here tonight, but except he's moving in our hearts big time. The last time I got up here, I cried too. So clearly he's doing something in my heart. Because <laughs> the last time I said, I was giving you guys a testimony and I said, Lord, I just want my heart back, you know. So clearly he's working. Um, I need Rafa up here to cry with me because he's usually the only other one that cries now. So anyway, but I'm just going to pray and there's nothing else that I feel really needs to be said. So Father, we just thank you. We thank you so much for just how you're moving in our lives. We just glorify you and thank you. Holy Spirit, you are just so amazing in your compassion and in your heart and in your love for us and in your sweet, sweet conviction that causes us to never feel condemned but always to, with a smile on your face, say, come this way. Just come this way. This is where I'm at. So I just thank you that you're just continuing the work that you're doing in each of our lives. And even as we we leave tonight, as we drive home, as we're we're at home tonight, even even in conversations with family, friends, as we go to bed, there's still things that you're just pinging as things happen. And we just we just thank you. We thank you for for how you're moving in the school of word and worship in each of our lives. You are clearly your presence is here all the time. Your presence is with us and you are clearly moving. So we honor you. We honor what you're doing in each of our lives and in each other's lives. And we just thank you for it. Thank you for the refreshing. And thank you for the new depths that you're taking each one of us to individually and how you're taking us corporately. And we thank you for it. And we honor you and we love you so, so much. Amen.